Up next, Rob Smith is problematic, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. The Olympics used to be a time for Americans to come together and to celebrate American excellence and our dominance in sports on the world stage, but now ratings are down, people are uninterested, and the woke left is to blame. This is Rob Smith is Problematic. I woke up today and I was thinking about, you know, what what am I going to talk about on this podcast? What is really important that's going on in America right now? And obviously, there's just so much that's happening right now from inflation to this moron that we've got in the White House to everything that's going there. And then I was watching TV and I was just flipping through and I flipped through the Olympics channel. And it, it just really got me to thinking why am I not excited about the Olympics this year? Why does it seem like nobody is excited about the Olympics this year? Why does it seem like, you know, this thing that comes around every four years, which used to be such a big deal for Americans, why are people responding to it this year with, with kind of like a nod and kind of like a shrug and a yawn? And I, I wondered if it was me. And I wondered, okay, so am I missing something? Am I just the one that's uninterested in the in the Olympics right now? And then I did a little research. So the ratings for this stuff are actually down. You know, according to the Wall Street Journal, the ratings for the Olympics opening ceremony fell 36% from 2016. And of course, you know, a little bit of this has to do with the Olympics coming a year late because obviously they're supposed to happen last year, but they didn't happen because of COVID and all that stuff. But, you know, I, I really do think that there is something bigger going on here. And it's something bigger that has something to do with how sort of our American traditions and our American institutions have have been so thoroughly destroyed and taken over by leftism that a lot of people are just tuning out. So everything is political nowadays. And I'll tell you how I used to feel about the Olympics. I can remember quite clearly uh, back in 2012, I was living in New York City at the time. I would go out to uh, Fire Island Pines every summer. And I remember just being out there in the middle of July one day, and I just remember it was just blazing hot. And I was just walking to a friend's place, and we just sat there, and we just watched the Olympics, you know, under the AC. This was, you know, obviously, these were, this was during the Obama years, but it was at that point where there was nothing really polarizing about, you know, loving America, representing the country. There was nothing polarizing about the Olympics. We just, you know, watched, um, I think we watched the, the women's gymnastics team because they're so good, and we just felt a lot of pride in that. That has changed among a lot of Americans. I think that it has changed among just the lack of attention that the Olympics are getting nowadays. And of course, you know, NBC and all these people, like they have massive corporate interests in the Olympics. And of course, they're going to push it and push it and push it. But people, it, it just really does seem like people have tuned out. And so why have people tuned out? And it's easy for me to say the woke left killed the Olympics, right? And I do believe, but but let's talk about how they have killed the Olympics. Let's talk about just basically how um, they have killed sports right now. So the women's U.S. soccer Olympic team kneeled. Megan Rapinoe, you know, kneeled for the national anthem. That is what she does. That is how she has become famous and, and loved by the left. Uh, but also, I, I think that some of these athletes forget that the reason that they became famous is because they're actually, you know, supposed to be good athletes. And the women's Olympic team got 
massacred. They got destroyed. They got beaten by the other team. I think it was Sweden. And to me, one of the biggest red flags in terms of how people reacted was that you have a bunch of, you know, right-leaning conservatives and a bunch of Republicans saying, you know, we're glad that you lost. Even though your team USA, you seem to be so against you know, our values uh, and our values of, as Americans, you seem to be so against us. We do not even know why you were even competing as a Team USA Olympic athlete. So we are glad that you lost. And that is, that's unfortunate. It is completely understandable. Like, I'm not bashing any Republicans that felt in this way um, because it's absolutely understandable. Because why would you cheer? And why would you promote and why would you rally for people who are basically spitting in the face of the things that you believe, spitting in the face of the flag, um, spitting in the face of the national anthem, just going so far left? And when I say that the woke left has destroyed the Olympics much in the same way that they have destroyed sports in this country, it is because the far left has so thoroughly politicized all of these things. They have politicized sports, they have politicized the Olympics, and Megan Rapinoe chose to politicize the Olympics and her participation in it when she decided to kneel, because that's her shtick, you know? That is one of the things that that she is known for now. This is why the left loves her. But I think that what the left doesn't realize and what they're hopefully starting to figure out is that you cannot spend basically the last four years bashing America, um, destroying it and cheering for its destruction without this spilling over into aspects of the society that we once all deeply cared about. And we're seeing something very similar that is happening even with the uh, U.S. men's basketball team. Apparently, their trials are just not going well at all. It's just a bad team. And Jason Whitlock over at The Blaze wrote this very interesting piece um, about, you know, it it was a lot about the fact that nobody cares about the Olympics. Um, His piece is called Blame LeBron James for the fact no one cares that our Olympic basketball team stinks. And so when you talk about sports and all of this stuff, you have to go to the top and you talk about LeBron James, who is probably one of the biggest stars in, in you know, U.S. sports history, right? He decided not to be on, on the Team USA Olympic team. Didn't really make any statement about it. It's just something that he decided not to do. He, I mean, but it's very obvious when you look at the ways in which LeBron has talked about America, when you looked at how far left his platform has grown Over the past couple of years, it's very obvious that somebody like that um, is not going to represent Team USA or not going to want to represent it. And this is what Whitlock says, and it's very interesting. LeBron James certainly killed the fanatical passion many of us used to feel watching the best in the world compete in the Olympics and NBA playoffs. He's absolutely right about this. This is what has happened. So when you look at the ratings for the Olympics dropping 36%, and when you look at the ratings for ESPN dropping, and when you look at the ratings for the NBA games dropping, and when you look at the ratings for all of these things dropping, there is a correlation here. And the fact is, is that These things that once used to bring us together as Americans, no matter what our politics are, have become so politicized by the left and have become so destroyed 
by a lot of these very wealthy and very famous athletes who want to feel, you know, like they're a part of something. They want to feel like they're standing up for something. This is what Whitlock says. He says, LeBron's legacy is of spawning American basketball indifference, right? And so this is what they do. He has made people indifferent toward indifferent towards, you know, the sport of basketball. The left has made people indifferent towards the Olympics. We do not care that the women's soccer team loses. In fact, there are a lot of people who love America who cannot wait to bash them because they know what they and Megan Rapinoe represents. And I have to say that this makes me very fearful about the direction that America is going in. Because if you cannot have people interested in the Olympics, interested in representing Team USA in the Olympics, representing you know American values in all of these different ways, if you have people like Megan Rapinoe that are going to get to the highest point and then take a kneel to protest the national anthem, and you know what that means, what does that mean for the future of the Olympics? What does that mean for the future of this country? What does that mean for the future in people taking pride of the country that we live in? I do not think that this is a good thing for the future because I do not think that people being this indifferent towards our athletes and towards the Olympics and towards something that used to be such a big deal is a good thing for America. And the question for me, and I, you know, I'm not a sportscaster, you guys know this, I don't have a whole lot of interest in, in sports in general and all of that stuff, I have an interest in Team America. I have an interest in America. I have an interest in, you know, wanting to, to cheerlead for America. But what is left in America? What is left in this country when we don't even have sports anymore? When people are so indifferent to Team America in the Olympics, when they get used to having people like LeBron James in the sports industry, like a major, major athlete, basically bashing America every chance that he gets. Somebody like Megan Rapinoe kneeling for the national anthem, this whole anthem kneeling becoming such a polarizing political thing that has been injected into our sports, thanks to Colin Kaepernick. And I do not think that this stuff is going to be judged by history in the way that Colin Kaepernick or LeBron James or Megan Rapinoe would want to think that it will be. I think that this moment in American history, and I'm optimistic that we will pass it. I I really am optimistic about it. I think that for the most part, people are going to get tired of politics politics infecting every single aspect of American society, including our sports. I think that Americans are going to get tired of it. And like I told you a couple of weeks ago when I did the the Gwen Berry episode where she tried to become this sort of far left, you know, political activist and she was this Olympic weightlifting um, or or like weight thrower athlete or whatever. And she tried to use that platform to go viral and become more famous. It didn't happen for her. She wasn't even really embraced by the left. I think... The reason why she flopped, I think the reason why the Olympics are flopping right now, the reason that nobody cares, the reason that LeBron James is just not really revered, the reason that Republicans were happy 
that Megan Rapinoe and the U.S. women's soccer team won is because people are getting tired of this politicization of our sports. This was the last thing that America had that was free of all of this politics because, you know, our our music is not free of politics anymore. All of our entertainers, all of our musicians are far left. They bash America every chance you get. Our entertainers, our actors, they're all bash America every chance you get. You can't watch a Netflix show or you can't watch something on the, the CW or ABC or anything without being badgered over the head by leftism. So sports was literally the last stand, and it has been destroyed by the left. But to leave this on a a positive note, because I, I really am positive about this. I'm a positive about the next thing that I'm about to say, and I think that people are tired of this. People are fed up with it. They want to just watch sports. They would like for our women's U.S. Olympic team to win. They would like for people not to kneel for the national anthem. Americans are getting tired of this stuff. And since we are a country right now that is literally just run by corporations, I think that when the corporations get the memo that this stuff is not working, do you think that NBC News doesn't realize that their ratings are down 36% from the last Olympics? Do you think that these people do not realize that people are tuning out? And since corporations run everything, since corporations are in charge of all of this, I think that when they start losing money, they will start giving less attention to the far left woke crowd that has now made everybody indifferent toward the Olympics. The woke crowd that is making sure that nobody is watching ESPN anymore. That nobody is consuming these things in the way that they consumed them in the past. And so when the corporations that run everything decide this stuff, I guarantee you, and this is the only reason why I'm optimistic about it. Because when they start losing money and they see that they are losing money, they are going to tune out of this stuff. They are not going to give attention to Gwen Berry. Do you think it's no mistake that Gwen Berry did not end up on MSNBC? Obviously, owned by NBC, which broadcasts the Olympics, they weren't going to give a platform to that. And it's only when they stop giving a platform to the far left to destroy sports, to destroy the Olympics, to destroy everything. It is only then will we, when we will see the corner turn on this. Because as of right now, the woke left has killed the Olympics, the woke left has killed sports, and people are fed up. They are just tuning out. And people will not tune back in to the Olympics, to NBA, to ESPN, to any of this stuff until the leftism is taken out of it. Because people are tired of it. And if you want any indication of how tired they are of it, just look at the ratings for the Olympics. Look at the ratings for the NBA. Look at the ratings for ESPN. People are tuning out. The only way you can get them to tune back in is when these networks and these athletes tune out of leftism. Next up, comedian Bill Burr has some choice words about CNN, and he said what everyone is thinking. I'll tell you what he had to say after the break. It is no secret at all that 
The news media and the cable news media all across the board is struggling in a post-Trump era. We all know that the four years of Trump were a cash cow to so many people, but particularly um, the cable news networks. These people went all in on Trump nonstop. Either you were the MSNBC resistance and you went all in on Trump hatred and all of these deranged conspiracy theories that Rachel Maddow put out, or you were Fox News, you went all in pro-Trump, and you have a lot of their uh, opinion networks, or excuse me, their opinion commentators at nighttime got the biggest ratings of their careers because they just went all in pro-Trump. Trump could never do anything wrong. This is how they went in. You know, it, it's what made Newsmax relevant. And CNN, CNN went more anti-Trump. I would believe, I would wager to say that CNN went more anti-Trump than anyone else. In their ratings, they did the best ratings that they had gotten in years, Everything was going swimmingly. Everything was going great for the news media until they got their guy elected. And by their guy, I mean Joe Biden. They got their guy elected and the numbers went down. I mean, the numbers have tanked. And this is coming from Forbes, right? All of the cable news networks saw rating declines compared to the second quarter of 2020. And this is with CNN experiencing the biggest year-over-year drop in prime time, down 57%. So CNN is down 57% in prime time. Case in point, nobody watches this stuff. In the key demo, this is the 25 to 54 demo, that this is the demo that is the most important to these cable news networks. CNN has slipped a staggering 68% compared to the second quarter of 2020. So these CNN numbers are going down. CNN used to be respected. CNN used to be very much down the middle, but they torched that reputation for some quick money so that they could go all in against Trump. And when you watch them post-election, I am telling you because I have started watching a little bit of this stuff, um, it, it's embarrassing. It is embarrassing because it is now the end of July, we are almost in August at this point, and when you watch CNN, these people still talk about nothing but Trump. They talk about Trump, they talk about the quote-unquote insurrection of January 6th. Yes, they are still talking about the insurrection. They are obsessed with Trump, they are obsessed with demonizing Republicans, they are obsessed with all of the petty, stupid drama that has no bearing on the lives of actual people in this world. And they gloss over real issues facing the real world and real people so much that when they say actual truths, like, you know, every once in a while CNN gets caught telling the truth, they had a um, a panel on talking about the inflation crisis that is happening right now. So when they tell the truth, sometimes people are so not used to this that it actually goes viral. So comedian Bill Burr, This is, you may or may not know this guy. Uh, You know, I don't know if he is explicitly conservative, but he is certainly not a typical Hollywood lefty. So this is a comedian. He has, you know, millions of followers on social media. He created what I think is a really funny show on Netflix called F is for Family. It's kind of one of those, it's a cartoon sitcom more geared towards adults, about this uh, working class guy in the 70s and his family is actually quite funny. So check that out on Netflix. Um, So he's going viral right now for some comments that he made on a podcast, basically just going in on CNN. And I want you to listen to what he had to say. She always puts on CNN. 
And do you know what those f***ing morons are doing? Do you know what those f***ing morons are doing? They're f***ing talking about Trump. I swear to God, I cannot believe people watch that channel. They're, they're so dumb. I don't buy it. They're a corporate news channel, and they just, they're just, they're, they're f***ing treasonous, un-American pieces of s***. You have to scare the hell out of them. You got to make them feel like they got a virus. Their house is going to burn down. And, uh, uh, and that the, f- the Nazis are coming back. Can you imagine if that was your f- job? You just go on TV every day and lie and, and get people to be against each other and, and just have everybody just sort of walking around in a low to high level of hysteria. So he is absolutely right about what is going on at CNN right now, what is going on at MSNBC right now, what is going on in, in the vast majority of the media right now is that there are a lot of people that are very much struggling to find their footing post-Trump. And this is why I think that, um, you know, these people want Trump Trump to run again. Of course, they need him. They don't have anything else without him. And the scariest thing about all of this stuff is that people really do take it seriously. I mean, people watch CNN and they don't realize that there's a bias there. And you know what? Like I said... You say what you want about Fox News. A lot of people say lots of things about Fox News. I do Fox News two, three times a week, um, generally. Fox News will always have a liberal perspective, particularly in their dayside stuff. The morning show, Fox and Friends, um, I will be on Fox and Friends uh, probably you know this morning, actually. The morning show, definitely, you know it. They lean towards the right. The opinion people, you know they lean towards the right. Like, you understand how these people are, are seeing the world. And I don't have any problem with that. Just like I really don't have problem with the CNN um, opinion people at night because they obviously lean to the left. That is an opinion show. There is nobody, the only the only primetime news show that is breaking any sort of news and that is doing any hard news is Tucker Carlson. So you go to Tucker Carlson for for hard news because he actually does break stories. He actually does do in-depth investigative reporting. But you go to anybody else, whether it's MSNBC, Fox News, CNN, whatever, you go for their opinions. I understand that. But the problem with CNN is that you cannot even watch it during the day without having you know, you're without having your head beat in with somebody's left wing opinions. And so they have turned into a network that is these people are full of crap and they exist to do nothing but bash Trump. And that is it. And that is an unsustainable business model. It's an unsustainable business model. And you're aware that it's unsustainable because their numbers are going down. Because the trust in them with, you know, in addition to the vast majority of the media, the trust has gone down. People do not trust this stuff anymore. They're tuning out of all of this. But who are they tuning into? They're tuning into podcasts like this. There's a reason why podcasting is becoming so big. Um, People are tuning into... We're heading into a stage of independent thinking right now, free thinking, if, if you want to use one of my terms of it. People are tuning into people that, granted, everybody doesn't have to agree with every single thing that I say. 
I know a lot of you guys listening out there, you know, there have been a lot of independent-leaning people and a lot of conservative-leaning people um, that have discovered me, and, and that's great. I'm never going to pull my punches about what I believe. Everybody knows that I, be, that I lean right, and I'm probably always going to lean right because I'm telling you, once that switch is flipped, then it doesn't get unflipped. You don't generally see um, conservatives turning into liberals, okay? And I'm not talking about uh, the never-Trumpers that populate CNN. I'm talking about actual people because once you see um, how much BS is going on on the left, you you can't really unflip that switch and say, I'm going to go back over there because you know a, a lot of the stuff is crap. But people just want it straight. People really do just want to be told the truth. Regardless of whether or not what it makes them feel, you know what I mean? I I think that people just really do want to be spoken to clearly. That's what Trump did. That's why Trump was so successful. That's why the most successful people going into this next phase of media, whatever this next phase is, and it's certainly that next phase is not going to be CNN because they have picked the side that they're on and people are tuning out. But the more successful personalities I believe in the next decade will be people that just give it to you straight, that are just not going to be, you know, cheerleading for one side or the other. And I think that that is what CNN lost. They lost even a veneer of objectivity that they used to have back in the day. People used to think, I mean, I used to think before all the Trump stuff, I used to think that CNN was very much down the middle, but they're not. And Bill Burr was right. He was absolutely right. These people are corporate entities that want to do nothing but divide America. They want to do nothing but cover Trump stuff or cover the January 6th thing so that you can watch CNN And if you're a good little liberal and all you watch is CNN, it just reinforces that narrative that the 75 million people that voted for Donald Trump are evil people. And thank God you aren't like them. Thank God you aren't like those evil people. And by the way, at the end of July going into into August, let's talk about January 6th some more. This stuff is unsustainable. That is why the numbers are down. That's why CNN's doing um, some streaming app. You know what I mean? So, and what this is all about is this is about them investing money into something else that's just going to pad their numbers because there is nobody out there right now that is asking for more CNN. Like, nobody wants CNN Plus. Nobody wants a, like a Don Lemon, you know, uh, Chris Cuomo podcast. These are not things that anybody wants. People are tuning out of this stuff. So, of course, Bill Burr is absolutely right. It's crap, it's divisive. It's not doing anybody any favors, and they can't even respect their audience enough to pretend to be objective even during the daytime stuff. So that is what CNN is. That is where they're going. Nobody watches Don Lemon, and nobody watches Don Lemon's show. Nobody watches Chris Cuomo. God, nobody watches Anderson. Nobody watches this stuff. People don't care. They have tuned all the way out. So Bill Burr, I mean, he's just saying what everybody else is thinking, is that it's time to tune out of CNN because they have destroyed their brand by going so far anti-Trump, there's no turning back from it. So if you're like me and like millions of other Americans, you're just going to tune out. Mark Levin has got some strong words for the American Marxists taking over the country, and I'll share them with you after the break. Mark Levin, to me, is uh, is a very interesting character. So 
I know that he is a, a big thing. I know he has a wildly successful radio show and, and Fox News show that's weekly. He's got this really big media empire. He's very, very smart. New York Times bestseller has published all of these books. And for whatever reason, I, I think I was a little resistant to it because I'm going to I'm going to tell you completely honest. Um, I'm going to be completely honest. I'm just sometimes kind of like the the types that are institutional and conservative and, and conservatism are in the Republican Party in general and, you know, political commentator and all that stuff. And like, you know, some of the people that are a little bit older, I kind of don't connect with them. I, I don't really know, you know, what it is that they have to offer and all of this other stuff. So I kind of avoided you know, really seeking any of this stuff out, even though I knew that he was ridiculously successful and he's just, you know, doing very well. But the title of his newest book, it piqued my interest. So Mark Levin's book is called American Marxism. And I I just thought that this title was so fascinating because, and I've gotten out of, you know, when you are criticizing the left and, and doing all of this stuff, it's not a good idea for me, even when I'm going out to do a speech or when I'm doing Q&As and all that stuff. It's not good for me to kind of go into the rabbit hole of this is Marxism and all that other stuff, because honestly, people don't really know what it is. And, and when you, you know, talk start talking about Karl Marx and stuff like that, you know, people's eyes glaze over. So I had really... You know, talked about all the, I, I usually say leftism because leftism at this point is Marxism. And so I picked up this book, and by picked it up, I mean I bought it on Kindle because I am, you know, under 80. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's much easier to just buy a book on Kindle. And so I'm about, you know, probably about 10% into it right now. And it's fascinating. This book is utterly fascinating because he does what I think probably a lot of the great thinkers and the great intellectuals do, which is, And this is something that I'm working on a new book right now. Um, We'll probably be out next year. And this is something what I try to do and what I try to do when I'm writing political commentary as well. So what it is is that you really want to connect the things that people are seeing in their own lives right now with this sort of broader idea of of Marxism and leftism and all of the things um, that they're trying to do. And I think that this is what um, this book does absolutely brilliantly. And so I'm into it right now. I'm reading 10%, like the first 10%, like I said, I'm reading the book. And I'm reading so, it's very interesting when he talks about how the individual has to be stripped of his individuality and therefore sort of absorbed into the collective for the greater good. And that ties into everything that that we talk about when we talk about all of this identity stuff that is going on with the left. I call them the identitarians, right? So these are people that do not want African-Americans or or gays or Latinos or Asians or anything like that. They do not want individual people in these groups to have an individual identity, right? Because – When you are an individual, and this is a point that he made in the book, when you are an individual, you tend to think of problems and solutions more in terms of what you can do for yourself. And that sort of individualism, you know, when applied to capitalism and all that stuff, I mean, that stuff really can breed greatness. I mean, look at the the great people that are basically, you know, changing our world right now. You know, look at, you know, Jeff Bezos, look at Elon Musk, look at these people, and so that is when an individual says, I'm going to do something, you know, you you put that individual mindset and you put that um, with an entrepreneurial mindset and a capitalistic mindset, you know, the, the sky's the limit. 
But the interesting thing that Mark Levin is saying in this book is that the leftist movement has to strip people of their individuality so that they can become a collective of the group. This is the tension that I feel all the time when I say certain things about the gay community or the black community or whatever, because the collective does not want you to say these things. So that is a a brilliant part of this work that I'm getting into right now. It's just, it's very highly recommended. It's very dense as good works tend to be, but it's highly recommended. And the reason why I brought up Mark Levin is he went on this epic rant on Hannity. I think it was like late last week. I do not believe that this rant got the attention that it deserved. So I wanted to share it with you because I think that what he is saying in this three and a half minutes is what so many people are feeling right now. And I, you know, I, I know it seems like I'm very optimistic today, but I, I'm very optimistic about what people in this country are starting to wake up to. People are starting to wake up to the lies of leftism. People are starting to wake up to all of this stuff. And this is what he gets into um, in this sort of like epic, brilliant, like three and a half minute screed. I want you to listen to this. Tea Party movement. I was part of the Trump revolution. There is a massive movement afoot. Uh, It's not under the radar. People just aren't looking at it. Uh, the silent majority is not going to be silent anymore. The American people are furious with what's happening to their country. And by American people, I mean all American people who love this country, regardless of their color, their religion, their background, red-blooded Americans. They are sick and tired of what they've seen in the first six months of this administration. They don't like the way they're being treated by the elites in the media. They don't like being looked down upon by these phony professors who they bring on TV who trash them. Uh, They are disgusted with the teachers' unions. Parents all over this country can't believe what's happened to elementary schools and secondary schools. Parents go broke to send their kids to college, and now they're coming home on Thanksgiving or other days, and they don't know what's happened to them. We are paying for our own demise with tenured Marxist professors and administrators for schools that are turning on our founding and our history. Americans love their history. Americans love their history, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Americans are sent all over the world to fight wars for people who do not look like them. America's borders are wide open. We have a president of the United States who is violating our immigration laws, who signs executive orders like he's Benito Mussolini. We're sick and tired of hearing from San Francisco Nancy Pelosi and New York City uh, Chuck Schumer what they intend to do to our court system. Those courts belong to us attacking separation of powers and our constitutional construct. We're tired of the way the family is trashed in this country, the family. We're tired of the way private property rights are treated in this country. We're tired of a lot of things going on in this country. Now we, the people, we are peaceful. You won't find us running around with Molotov cocktails. You won't find us attacking cops. We defend the cops. You won't find us burning cities and so forth and so on. We're not mostly peaceful. We're 100% peaceful. But we are pissed off, and we have had enough, and we're done talking about it. The idea that a book like this sells 400,000 copies in one week and is well on the way to a half a million, I've been in these movements before. I saw what happened with liberty and tyranny in the Tea Party movement. We know our history. We are a great people, and we have people in this country who haven't contributed a damn thing to it, and not a damn thing to it. 
trying to tear it down and redistribute wealth. They sound like they're soapbox Marxists going on and on about we don't provide this, we don't provide that, and Bernie Sanders is going to provide it and AOC is going to provide it. They don't know a damn thing about this country. They use the, the benefits of capitalism to attack to attack liberty. They use the Constitution to attack the Constitution. I've been around a long time, and I'll be damned if I'm going to sit still for this. And they don't understand the American people. The American people are not going to roll over and play dead. The American people are going to speak out. And let me tell you what's going to happen in 2022 with the mansion types and the others who pretend to be moderates, who play footsies with these American Marxists. You're going to get blown out. In fact, every damn one of you is going to get blown out. So kiss your career goodbye. You may have power now. You may be trying to force your will on the American people now, but it will not last. That's what's going on in this country. I feel it and I know it. Epic. Epic. Because he is saying exactly what I have been feeling. And, and let me tell you. So I, I, I told you last week, um, you know, one of the, the fun things about what I get to do is like, you know, I get to go to these conferences sometimes and you see these young people and I was at the Turning Point USA conference and I spoke and you see these people and you take the pictures and you sign the books and you do all of that stuff. People are, conservatives are mobilized. They are angry. They're definitely angry and they are ready to kind of, they're ready to take back power. Okay. And now when conservatives are not out of power, we are not, I, I don't believe that right-leaning people are angry people. And, and this is why. And I'm going to tell you exactly why. The values that the conservatives that I've come across, the values of the conservatives that I'm friends with, most of my friends are right-leaning, there's just different values. There are different things that, that we put emphasis on and that we put focus on and that we put energy into. And when I say that these people are angry, they are angry with what is being done to this country, not only with Joe Biden in the White House right now and them trying to, to, to impose their will on people. And when you think about this stuff, think about, um, you know, the now the filibuster is racist and they're trying to abolish the filibuster. Um, and now they're trying to do this for the People Act, which, was, uh, which would effectively nationalize elections, okay? The For the People, the HR1 bill, and I've talked with you guys about this in the past, it would basically uh, mean that a Republican would never win another election. And these are real things that are happening right now. And I'm telling you, people are standing up and they are getting tired of it. They are getting tired of it. And you see it in these viral videos where you have parents of all races, by the way, standing up against critical race theory. You see it in these rally to protect the election integrities that um, Turning Point Action had last weekend with uh, Donald Trump in Phoenix. You see this in the election integrity measures that are being passed in places like Georgia, that are being passed in places like Arizona, that are being passed in places like Texas. The left, you know, they, they go on their little media tours and they try to get, you know, their, their celebrities to stand up against it and they try to get the corporations to, to stand up against this and all that stuff. Guys, it's not working. It is not working anymore because people are fed up with this stuff. That is what Mark Levin is seeing. That is what he is saying. I believe and this is me being optimistic, and I'm the eternal optimist. I, 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 look, you, you, when you're somebody who's been, who's had the life that I've lived, you have to be optimistic. You can't be. If I was a pessimist, I would have slipped my wrist decades ago.
I think that, and this is what I really do, and this is going to be dependent on on a couple of things, and the couple of things we're going to get into because we're going to have to see who's going to run in 2024. But this is what I believe. I believe that we are on the cusp of about a decade of Republican rule. This is what I truly, truly believe in my soul. That Republicans will take back the House in 2022, and we will have a Republican president in 2024 and 2028. I believe that the left is about to be out of power for a a long time. I believe that they are about to be in the wilderness for quite some time. I really do believe this. They have overplayed their hand. They have overplayed their hand culturally. They have overplayed their hand politically. They have overplayed their hand in every single way that they can overplay their hand. And people are seeing this stuff. Rise of people like me over the last couple of years, people that used to be on the left that turned, you know, conservative, Republican, libertarian, whatever it is that you want to call it, people that are leaving the left in droves. This is a movement that started, you know, in the middle of the Trump era. Obviously, I've been doing this for about three years now. This is only the start. And there are going to be more and more and more people when you listen to Mark Levin and he says that you have people all colors, ethnicities, religions, whatever, all people. And it doesn't matter what your freaking identity is. They are standing up against this stuff. And they are realizing that you have to stand up against this stuff. They are realizing, they are getting the memo that BLM doesn't care about them. They're getting the memo that BLM was a scam. People are understanding this. They are getting that critical race theory is a scam. And that the same people that were pushing BLM two years ago are pushing critical race theory right now. People are not stupid. They are understanding this. And the only thing that we need is for people to get stronger and bolder about standing up and speaking out. Because this period that we are moving into, 2022-2024, this is not the period Uh, for people to be afraid to speak out, for people to be afraid to use their voice and to advocate and to be visible about the things that they truly believe. And, you know, you visible on a podcast or visible on Fox News or visible um, in your local school board meetings, take over the school boards, take over the school boards, take over the city councils, run for local office. And I'll tell you guys, I almost ran for Congress this year. I almost did it. I almost ran for Congress, and I realized that I can do more out here than I would ever be able to do in Congress. And I would be more interested, honestly, at this point in running for something locally, because that is where the difference can be made. But people are standing up. People are starting to speak out. And if we are to take this country back, and I don't mean just taking back the levers of power. I mean taking back the levers of culture. I mean standing up against all of the crap that the left is trying to throw at us and normalize right now. If we are to take this country back, it really does start right now. But the biggest thing is going to be in 2022. And this is what Mark Levin is talking about. This is what he sees. This is what he so brilliantly and eloquently said in that clip that I played for you. Americans are rising up. Americans will stand up. And Americans are not going to take the Marxism and the leftism and all of that stuff anymore. I believe the only question is, 
Will we have enough people that are bold enough to take a risk and speak up and speak out for America? Or are people just going to remain in the shadows? What I hope is that we see an entirely new wave of people that are standing up and standing up against leftism. The same wave that we saw in 2018 uh, of all of these new voices coming out, all of these new people, all of these, you know, just new movements against this stuff. I hope and I do pray and I do believe that we will see this in 2022. It's what Mark Levin believes. It is what I believe. The only thing that we need right now is for more people to get bold, to get brave, to get loud, and to stand up. Because I promise you all that the future of this country depends on what happens in 2022 and beyond. Before we go, I want to thank my fellow problematics so much for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. You can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rob Smith Online. Special thanks to our producer, John Cassio, researcher Aaron Kliegman, and executive producers, Debbie Myers and speaker Newt Gingrich, part of the Gingrich 360 Network.